Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. Today, we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're looking at Psalm 59 today and Ecclesiastes chapter 4. In today's psalm, which is only 17 verses, there's one verse that I think might jump out to you um, that you might remember from the very beginning of our study in Psalms, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that when we get to it. Uh, my prayer this morning is that you would just be strengthened and encouraged, and that you would draw closer to God this morning, and hopefully uh, these words will help strengthen you uh, to begin your week. With that said, let's begin. Starting with Psalm 59, a psalm of David, when Saul sent him and they watched the house to kill him. Let's begin. Verse 1, King James Bible. Deliver me from my enemies, my God. Defend me from them that rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloody men. For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me, not for my transgressions, nor for my sin, O Lord. They run and prepare themselves without my fault. Awake to help me, and behold. Thou therefore, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Awake to visit all the heathen. Be not merciful to any wicked transgressors. Selah. They return at evening. They make a noise like a dog and go round about the city. Behold, they belch out with their mouth. Swords are in their lips. For who say they doth hear? But thou, O Lord, shall laugh at them. Thou shalt have all the heathen in derision. Because of his strength will I wait upon thee, for God is my defense. The God of my mercy shall prevent me. God shall let me see my desire upon my enemies. Slay them not, lest my people forget. Scatter them by thy power, and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride, and for cursing and lying which they speak. Consume them in wrath, consume them, that they may not be, and let them know that God ruleth in Jacob unto the ends of the earth. Selah. And at evening let them return, let them make a noise like a dog and go round about the city. Let them wander up and down for meat and grudge if they be not satisfied. But I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Unto thee, O my strength, will I sing. For God is my defense and the God of my mercy. And that, my friends, is Psalm 59. 
You know, I when I read these words of David and similar ones, I I can't help but think about the enemies of God today. The enemies of God and the enemies of God's people, these these people who do all this evil, do all this wickedness, lie, steal, deceive, oppress. And then you've got all of these organizations, all these corporations and these media outlets, and they're all in collusion together to cause all this. And it's so frustrating to see what they've gotten away with. I mean, some of the most evil things ever done in the history of humanity have happened in the last few years. And they've, they just continue to get away with it. And so... I can't help but think, well, if God be God and his word be true, then these people are going to fall into their own pits. These people are going to come up against the wrath of God and his power will be known throughout all the world when they are consumed. And so David's kind of praying that and that's what's going on in my mind as I that's what I'm thinking about when I think about what also what David is facing. He says in verse 8, "But thou, O Lord, shall laugh at them and shall have all the heathen in derision." And that's a familiar verse because it's not the first time he's used it. If we go to Psalm 2, which also speaks or at least should speak to us in, in the things that we're dealing with in today's world. Psalm 2, here's what it says. I'm just going to read the first few verses. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. And then here's the verse that's really a companion verse to the one I just read in uh, Psalm 59. Verse 4 of Psalm 2 says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, and the Lord shall have them in derisions. Verse 8 in chapter 59 that we just read says, But thou, O Lord, shalt laugh at them, thou shalt have all the heathen in derision. So it's basically the same thing. Another way of saying it, if you look at the TS 2009 version, it says, He who is sitting in the heavens laughs, Jehovah mocks at them. Here's what Charles Spurgeon says in his commentary. He says, God might well laugh at their folly. For they were really executing his will all the while they were rebelling against him. They were really laying the foundation stones of his meditorial throne in fair collars and cementing them with his own most precious blood. For it was by the cross that he climbed to his crown. Charles Spurgeon is saying, you know, they think they're getting away with stuff, but really they're they're just kind of laying the foundation for what's to come. And God's will is being done regardless. 
And so these people, I mean, I really think that we've reached a Tower of Babel moment in human society worldwide. And I'm just waiting for God to come down and crush it. Let's move on. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. King James Bible. The view of the oppressions and iniquities of life. 16 verses. Let's hear what it has to say. Verse 1. So I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun. And behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter. And on the side of their oppressors there was power, but they had no comforter. Wherefore, I praise the dead which are already dead more than the living which are yet alive. Yea, better is he than both they which hath not been yet, who hath not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. Again I considered all the travail and every right work, that for this man is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Better is a handful with quietness than both hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. Please note, in other words, he's saying it's better just to have a little bit, you know, just enough and live a quiet life than to have overflowing but you just have constant strife. And it makes you kind of think, well, maybe contentment is what should be strived for rather than more. And look, if you look at the people who have hands full, with their hands full comes problems. Better is it to just have what you need, right? Just to have a handful with quietness. Lord, help us to be content. Help us to be happy and content with the life that you have given us and not longing and coveting after better and more. Verse 7, Then I returned and I saw vanity under the sun. There is one alone and there is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother. Yet there is no end of all his labor, neither is his eyes satisfied with riches, neither saith he, For whom do I labor, and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity, yea, it is a sore travail. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Solomon's saying, you're better off having a friend, a brother, someone who can be there for you. Verse 11. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? 
And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and threefold cord is not quickly broken. Better is a poor and a wise child than an old foolish king who will no more be admonished. For out of prison he cometh to reign, whereas also he that is born in his kingdom becometh poor. I considered all the living which walk under the sun, with the second child that shall stand up in his stead. There is no end of all the people, even of all that have been before them. They also that come after shall not rejoice in him. Surely this is also vanity and vexation of spirit. And that's the end of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Kind of dark and somber, right? I mean, he Solomon is dealing with some depression, right? Because he's, as the scriptures say, with knowledge, right? The more you know, the more you hurt, right? Uh, there's, you know, there's a blessing and a cursing that comes with knowledge. Because you can't, when you, when you receive enlightenment and knowledge from above, and you start seeing things for how they really are, that comes with a vexation of spirit. That comes with knowledge comes sorrow because you see just how deprived, just the depravity of human, human existence. Uh, Solomon's struggle is that he's so wise, the wisest man that's ever lived because he's been given wisdom from above, and he can't unknow what he knows, you know? He can't unknow the reality that the evilness of man and just how men and toil and toil and it's it's for nothing, <laughs> right? And we all just fight and claw for more, but then it never satisfies, and then it's just all vanity. I mean, he's th these first few lines are really somber. He says, verse 2, Wherefore I praise the dead which are already dead more than the living which are yet alive. Yea, better is he than both they which hath not been yet. I mean, that's pretty dark. He's saying I'm praising the dead. Better yet, I'm going to praise those who haven't even, that don't even exist, haven't even existed yet. Better see than both they that have not been, who hath not seen evil. That's, that's the key. He's saying better is they that, that don't have to see the evil. This is the problem. It's not that Solomon's ungrateful for life. That's not what I'm getting. Or that he thinks everything is just complete garbage. It's just when you realize how evil the world is it's and those of you who've you know like me you see things you see how it is you realize how deep and dark the deception and lies go what's happening behind the scenes how deceived all human existence in the world is right now because we're literally under some of the greatest deceptions and delusions. It's unfathomable. And you see that evil. And it's hard not to feel like Solomon say it's all worthless.
it's all vanity. Half of it's fake, right? That's his issue. He's saying, who hath not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. But, like David, I think we should wait upon the Lord. And it says, and David says, the Lord's laughing at them, right? Like you're just playing into my hand, is what God's saying. You're just playing into my hand. He that sits in the heavens laughs. Jehovah mocks at them. Then he shall speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Well, I hope that this morning wasn't too depressing, right? There's hope to be had in these words. But we also have to just acknowledge the reality of the world that we live in. I mean, let's not be delusional. We see the evil, but there's also lots of good and there's lots of God's mercy and there's lots of reasons to be hopeful. But we have to trust in God and not in doing everything we can to fill both hands. May God give us a spirit of contentment. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you were okay with all the rambling I added this morning. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for your prayers. It's far beyond what I deserve. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.